0: listening to the sci-fi tv rewatch episode 365 my name's dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne to discuss the third and final season of the german netflix series dark and you know as we were saying uh, yesterday we're going to eschew our what we're watching segment for the duration of the dark podcast because we just got so darn much stuff to talk about but this episode episode six light and shadow you know this is the first time in the three season run of dark that i've felt the writers and in this case yante freesia and mark o sang are just getting overly complex for the sake of being overly complex
1: yeah i i don't think i can disagree with you on that one until we get really the the, the whole picture of all eight episodes I don't know if we can really, you know, make that judgment yet. But but it is, we, we are getting this whole, I mean, what we've expressed before, this idea of not having any idea what actually is going on and, and, and who is, like, who who's in the right, who's in the wrong. Not that right and wrong. I, guess, I mean, I guess it's kind of, like, part of what the show is saying is that these ideas of light and shadow, right? Each group claims that they're the light, right? Sure. Um, each group claims that they know what's best. Each group claims that 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 they are trying to correct the things that have gone wrong. Um, but yet, it seems like each group kind of is doing the same thing you know like and then in the whole sliding doors bit with with Jonas. i mean i you know uh, I, I don't know if i if i really care for that too much but
0: okay. well, well here's what really got me this whole quantum entanglement idea and the fact that you've got to have a character explain exactly what's going on tells me that it's too overly complex if you have to have a character explain what's going on and that the viewer can't figure it out on his or her own now i suppose somebody could say well you're just not smart enough you know the smart people figured it out without the explanation all right i guess i'm so (laughs) if that's true fine that said i still like the episode you know, you know, we'll get into a grade much later in the discussion, but you know, I just want to take a second to recap, and you can correct me if I've got anything wrong. Okay. Be- because despite having time travel devices, and we know of two devices the orb and you know, the little box that Tanhouse made, the God particles and the caves. Conditions are only right every 33 years to make time travel possible using any of those methods, correct? Um, I don't know. Because, (laughs) you know, Jonas, for instance, says, I'm not waiting 33 years for, well, you got all these ways to time travel. Why do you have to wait 33 years? So I feel as if (laughs) that's something that kind of got lost in the shuffle along the way that I feel like I knew it at one time. Yeah, but. but I, I still, I'm trying to think, because people
1: are time-traveling in, like, 1954, which is a year removed, you know, and, and in 2020, which are a year removed from our original 33-year cycle of 1953, 1986, 2019,
0: yeah, that's true. Now, I guess we don't know exactly how much time has elapsed between the twenty nineteen uh story and the twenty twenty story and how long you know the, the passage stays open. So we don't really know any of that. And again, I don't want to get hung up on that. That that's uh, you know, going maybe into the weeds too far. Yeah. But the other thing that really struck me is looking at this in terms of a video game. And I, and I don't think the story is all just characters in a video game, but looking at Adam, I mean, it's like basically this dude that's going to rage quit because he doesn't like the way the game's playing out. <laughs> and right. I, I just see his character in such a different light here. And, and again, I, who to believe, like you said, a few minutes ago, each side thinks it is the righteous side. and, you know, we're still trying to piece together what, uh, you know, what is true and what's not. And look, chronology has always been a challenge in dark, but tonight it, it's even more confusing. I mean, we've got three young Marthas, right? We've got scarred Martha who kills Jonas, and we still don't know how she got that nasty scar. Right? We've got yellow coat Jonas, who, uh, I'm sorry, yellow coat Martha who has sex with Jonas. And then goes with old Magnus and Francesca to become the Martha that's going to take the, the orb and Martha. Yeah, okay. exactly. And, and then we've got traveling Martha who who saved Jonas, went to 1888, and is now caged by Future Girl and Adam. So it's really getting <laughs> really getting pretty complex in terms Which of keeping track is, of.
1: And she doesn't have the scar yet, right? So that's right the oh my well and of course if you then open up this idea that well you know one Jonas made the decision you know or you know in one reality Jonas ran down the basement and the other one marta from the alt universe came and saved him and that now both of these guys are well not now because one of them's dead but the other guy is still alive and kicking and and booting around the world, it's like, well, wait, like how the F does that work out, you know? like, <laughs> I mean, I just found that to be the most dissatisfying answer ever for what was a question that we've had, you know, basically this whole season, which is how come, you know, like Jonas in 1888 doesn't have any recollection of being in the alt world, well, it's because he's sliding doors, Jonas, who, you know, went down a different path. And, t- and you know, to me, that that just, you know, I don't know that it almost feels like a cheat. Yeah, yeah, I didn't and- like it. I didn't like. Right. I wish. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, I guess I get they they set that up so that they could kill the one Jonas. But and I believe Fred says this and, and still have Louis Hoffman as as Jonas you know, as still, you know, part of the story.
0: Well, then that begs the question, why kill him then <laughs> in the first place? Well, exa- but, oh, right, exactly. Right. So we've basically got two timelines in the prime world, right? One in which Jonas is saved by yellow coat Martha, who's now wearing a dark coat. And one in which he seeks refuge in the basement, and that must be a well-protected basement to <laughs> like, survive that <laughs> yeah, apocalypse. Nothing but, else
1: in that house looks particularly like sturdy, I guess, you yeah, but, know,
0: but whatever. Yeah, they make so, good bases back in the day. Right. So now we've basically got three worlds because as far as we know, we've only got one timeline in the alternate Winden. We hear talk of Adam wanting to basically erase all the timelines we've got in the present and I assume create a new one, but, overlapping reality. That's the thing. I, mean, I
1: don't think we have another world because that Jonas who went down the basement still exists
0: in the, the prime world in 1888. Well, that's true right? in, in which the apocalypse hasn't happened now the other thing you we hear talk about filling the gaps in this episode and Future Girl talks about a chosen few to fill the gaps so Jonas and Martha can find their way and you know at first I was considering that whole idea of filling the gaps as an actual person filling in for somebody who was missing I'm not sure that's what I think now that i've seen the episode several times but i don't know what i think so again hopefully that'll be one of those things that becomes clearer as we talk about it maybe you've got a better handle on it Mm, than i i have
1: no handles Uh,
0: okay all right well the opening scene we see adult jonas waking from a dream that shows the apocalyptic event in 2020 but without alt martha present in the conwald home to take him to safety and as you said now we know how it is that adult jonas in 1888 doesn't know alt martha and claims to have never been to her world okay fine we 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 get that but we also see him read the contents of the jonas letter from martha and You know, I'm not sure we can definitively say which Martha writes the letter because you've got adult Martha standing there and she's the one that kind of folds up the letters in- in, uh, It it, it kind of looks like she was dictating it on this too. Like, you know, both, wasn't
1: Eva there too? So I, I think like both of them are making sure
0: she wrote the letter that they wanted her to write. Well, right, and the the person writing it had you know a glove on with the fingers cut off, but I couldn't really see the younger Martha who's sitting at the table and what her hands looked like. But the adult Martha had a glove on one hand, I guess homage to Michael Jackson. (laughs) So, uh, but then you look at the contents of the letter. Uh, Did you feel like? Maybe we needed a little bit more than just we're perfect for each other. Don't ever believe anything else, because I mean that's kind of the well the deal here.
1: Well, I I think the the key that um, of that letter is the you're on the right track. Keep going, big boy. You know, yeah, Um, I guess which is then you know they're setting him up to continue to do what he's always done so that they, they can maintain this, you know, everything that's happened maintained so that the apocalypse actually happens, which I, I know people, you know, the listeners are probably getting frustrated with me saying this, but WTF? Like, why do they want that? Why, you know, like, why are they working to... To, why aren't they working to stop the apocalypse why do they want
0: to ensure it that it happens you must let me die so i can live well okay that sounds good and but no that doesn't terms. sound good
1: that sounds terrible <laughs>
0: yeah so i i i don't know i know what you're saying it it does seem when you look at it in those terms as if the marthas yeah, and eva are manipulating adam who is sitting in his little studio feeling as if he's manipulating them and of course we're sitting back trying to figure out well okay you're both not really
1: i just i just gotta stop you right there just tell you i just got a little handmaid's tale jolt from you there okay you said the martha's um
0: do you watch you don't watch handmaid's tale though well you know what I saw the first season and I liked it, okay. and I, I guess I lost my access for season two and just never really sought it out because I don't have Hulu and I, I was I had screeners for season one, but right, right, right I just never never went on but yeah, you know what I, I every time I say that, I, I do uh, think about that future Girl locks. Traveling Martha in a cage in, I guess it's 2020. I mean, we've never really seen Future Girl outside of the future, but no
1: reason mm, to say no. She. I mean, that seems, I mean, with her there, it, it that that to me seems like we're oh, you're right, it could be 2020. I mean, it's definitely after the apocalypse. Um, right. so it, it I, I'm trying to think if there's well, no, because Charlotte's there, right. Adam, so I I just think that's 2054. Okay.
0: And it gets to the point where I start
1: thinking, well, does it even matter? It doesn't. Right. Exactly. As, 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 uh, Bill Murray
0: said in meatballs, it just doesn't matter. Right. Um, and then we see him finish reading the letter and then he burns it and and puts it in that little metal ashtray. And I'm thinking, well, had you never read it before? Was this the first time or is this just simply you've had enough and that, that this is the next stage in you becoming Adam as you've lost hope that you're ever going to get out of 1888, that you're ever going to re- connect with Martha, and you burn it. But then, later on in the episode, doesn't adult Martha, isn't it her, yeah. puts the letter?
1: So, yeah, and, and Fred uh, raised this point in, in his feedback, and I I will admit, I did not go back to look, but my personal feeling is that the adult, middle-aged Martha shows up, puts the letter by the plate or the ashtray, whatever that he left it in, and then what we're seeing at the beginning is him reading that letter for the first time and then burning it right after he read it, which really he's got like kind of a problem with that because he did that to michael's suicide note as well so it's like right what why is he why does he feel like he has to burn things right after he reads them like dude like i I don't know i mean maybe later you might want to refer back to it maybe there's clues in have you never seen the episode of scooby-doo you know come on
0: yeah and i i get that it can be Symbolic in nature and from a literary standpoint, that's what the writers, you know, want to have happen in the episode, and, and that's fine. But again, it's also a mystery for the characters. I mean, clearly, it's a mystery for the viewers. So, anyway, all right, so we, we've got Yellowcoat Martha and her quest to prevent the 2020 alt world apocalypse, and you know, we're placed on the day of the apocalypse in, in her storyline. And that really poignant scene when when she is home and she's got the yellow jacket on, blood mm. all over her, including right. her hands and her hair. That's the worst. Oh, and her hair, yeah, and, and just furiously scrubbing. And then she hears. I, I guess it turns out to be Magnus, and and that's what leads her to uh, put the coat in the trash can. And, right, but
1: I mean, we talked about the symbolism of the yellow coat, and here. Yeah, you know, we talked about it as I, I I will admit I was maybe a little shaky on our continuing uh, using it as a um, like symbol of innocence. But oh my God, <laughs> she takes the coat and shoves it in the trash can. Like, oh well, okay, I guess that did
0: symbolize innocence. Then I'm trashing my innocence. Yeah, because- exactly. Yeah, and, and and you know, Magnus's reaction. You know, it's easy to get on him for his ultimate reaction to what his sister tells him. Because at first he's chastising her for upsetting their mother by staying out all night. And he immediately recognizes that there's something else really bad that has happened to her. And he, you know, uh, you know, approaches her like the, like a brother should and and tries to comfort her. But then when she starts talking about Bartosh being right about the end of the world and the apocalypse, And he just tells her she's crazy. Well, what should he think? You know what I mean? It's like, I think as the viewer removed from the situation, right? we want to say, dude, you need to be more compassionate. Listen to what she's telling you. And then you think, well, yeah, listen to what she's telling you. It doesn't make any sense. Of course, you know, because he's had to listen to their mother cry all night because her daughter, I don't know if she feels she's missing, but whatever. I mean, I guess being a single mom of two teenagers can't be easy. Well,
1: sure. anyone, when your kid doesn't come home and you have no idea where they are, that is a very, as as apparently my parents have told me this, that that is very stressful and upsetting. So, yeah, so naturally, you know, uh, Katerina would, would be,
0: you know, out of her mind. So, you know, I think we've got to look at Magnus's ultimate reaction as being reasonable in that situation. And then we see her pull the St. Christopher medal from her pocket. And then we get that clean transition to traveling Martha holding the same medal, which I I thought was really uh, visually very, very cool. Yeah. Um, So she kind of regroups in her room cuts several inches of her hair why again is that some sort of symbolic act i mean i know we know she has to do it because we've seen her in the future with it cut i I mean i think that
1: i i know of of instances where um you know females being in a state of agitation have then taken it out on their own hair my wife when we were in college when she would get uh, upset, she would pierce her ear again, which I thought was kind of weird. So I think it's just this, I'm not going to say self-condemnation, but just like this, when you're unable to express what's going on, the frustration, the anger, the the grief that you're feeling, and you, you can't think of any way to outlet the those emotions. Um, you know it's actually a fairly healthy thing to do to just you know chop off some of your hair if that
0: you know makes you feel a little bit better you know well right because there is a loss of control that's in play for her and in addition to the loss of innocence that we were talking about a few minutes ago as you said cutting your hair it's it's not an act of finality it'll grow back
1: right So,
0: yeah, yeah, I think you're on to something there. So now she's dressed and outfitted as the traveling Martha we first see with Jonas when she goes to save him just before the apocalypse hits. But then she's got that conversation with her mom that on, on the one hand, I find it out of character and that the writers put it in there so that Katerina could spout off about controlling our own destinies and all of that right it didn't carry on too long so that was okay right well and
1: and and it's something that we can from what we know of katerina mostly from katerina in the prime world is that she is obviously completely believes that right that and ultimately her striving to control her own destiny is what led to her death in in the prime world, in, in case, I, I hate to be a wet blanket, in case we forgot that Katarina died, um, yeah, that happened. So we know that, that, that yeah, she she totally believes that, and that she doesn't, you know, because she, up to the time of her death, she completely believes that she can save Mikkel, she can save Ulrich, everything will be fine, you know?
0: Yeah, and that whole idea about deciding which path we take, of course, in this episode, we learn about the two timelines in Wind and Prime, as we said, the one in which Jonas is saved and the one in which he's not. The timeline here in this storyline speeds up to where we're three hours before the apocalypse. Yellow Coat Martha, who's now, I guess, Dark Coat Martha, goes to see Bartosh. Oh, I'm sorry. And- I just,
1: there, I got one more thing to say <clears throat> yeah. about that before we move on. It's just one thing that I picked up from from that scene with, with Katerina and Marta is that when you take out the tragedy of Mikkel's disappearance, this family actually has really good relationships with each other. You know, we we, we saw in season one and two, the, the Nielsen family just seemed completely broken, right? Um, and they're always at odds with one another, but take away this this horrible tragedy of this child disappearing and they actually are able to have a pretty healthy mother daughter relationship there.
0: Well, they are now They're certainly still struggling with the fact that the father has left the home, but he hasn't disappeared. He's just, well, right. right, But, but we saw the reaction Magnus has when he shows up at the house. You know, the other thing I noticed, like with Magnus in the alternate world is all those tattoos. Yeah. He's inked up for sure. You know, we talked about Magnus's response to Martha and the news of the impending apocalypse. Well, she goes to see Bartosh. Dude, you were right, but it's because of your father in the plant. So you got to call him and, and don't open the barrels. And, you know, again, this is a very different Bartosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no bong on the table. And more he, pity. Yeah. He <laughs> listens to her. And then he calls his father. Now, we don't know what he would have said to his father because uh, Alexander doesn't take his call. He
1: ghosts him. He ghosts his own son. WTF,
0: man? (laughs) Yeah. But you think about what she tells him. And again, I think so much of this dialogue is to help the audience where she explains – what happened? He's like, all right. So another version of you killed Jonas in the future. Can you explain it and very slowly? <laughs> yeah, but whatever. I mean, you know, poor Bartosh. He can't. He can't get Martha even in a world that Jonas doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. Well, so- in this one, he is so solidly in the friend zone. Like, you just there's just no. And actually, this the alt Bartosh. Uh, I guess we've seen some kind of longing looks that he casts Martha's way, but you know, there's not that kind of relationship. But he's he is you know he in dead center of the friend zone. He's got no shot with Martha,
0: um, but he seems to be okay with that. Yeah, and you know, on some levels, he's so much cooler than the other one oh, and, and granted, are you kidding me he's a
1: billion times cooler he's so much okay. better than the the other bartosh all
0: right good <laughs> um now you know i've mentioned several times over the course of our dark podcast about being surprised when these high school kids get on their bikes but you know as fred explained that that's that's common in europe especially in these small towns where getting from place to place it it's just much easier on a bike so He takes martha to the plant on his bike and we've been waiting for these confrontations for quite a while and at first it's just older magnus and older francesca standing in the middle of the road you know on the one hand my first thought was well why didn't you just like pedal around them but (laughs) well they look like they really wanted to talk so you know they're older they don't seem very threatening yeah but she recognizes that they're from the future, but not yours. Tells him, you know, trust in Jonas because he's in the right, not not Eva. Right. And oh my uh, god,
1: uh, like I, I, I seriously, we should have there, there should be like a drinking game for every time someone says, "Oh, don't trust that person; they're lying to you." You know, that happens like
0: probably three
1: or four times an episode. Right, and and
0: the fact that she recognizes her brother but not her brother, it, it, was, it was cool, and and of course we know that they're taking her to perform an act that we've already seen, so that makes it cool as well, and then she's like, "Well, can't Bartosh come too?" No. He's not one of us. No, poor Bartosh. He's one of the others. And I'm thinking, no, 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 wrong show. That was lost. There's there's no others. in. (laughs) Right.
1: And that will be the last uh, time we say the L word in this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Eva tells her team that Adam has moved his pieces into position. I love the chess references. If this is a war, it's time we do the same. We are its keeper in both worlds. And you know, we've got the team assembled where we've got scarred Martha, Adult Martha, Adult Bartosh, and, and you just want to like put your fist up because Yeah. Hell and, yeah. And again. Yeah. And I was like, I effing knew it. <laughs> and and I think Fred has mentioned that in the past few weeks as well. Yeah. Alt Claudia. Dude, Egon. Yeah, Egon? Really? Yeah, He's I know. on this
1: team? He, know, he makes well, the
0: super friends? Are you kidding me? He, I know, but th- <laughs> then we get that later scene with with Hannah. That that kind of.
1: Yeah, but so why?
0: I why know.
1: Yeah, like what the like, like.
0: <laughs> I know,
1: but I he, mean, he's definitely the one that sticks out. He, he's definitely the Wonder Twins of this. That they just like, why are they there?
0: I mean, why were about- they there,
1: Dave? Why were the Wonder Twins part of the Justice League? I don't know.
0: Yeah, they were the I
1: worst. Couldn't. They were the worst superheroes ever one turns into water one one turns into a useless animal and they have a monkey it's pointless and then (laughs) we've got two Noah's yeah double Noah and we actually I mean like that's the thing like how big of a part did Noah play in season one and we've really just seen this is only like the second time we've seen him in season two and we're six episodes in
0: we see Eva push the lever in the same room that we earlier saw the unknown trio push their lever. And, and that's another thing that I, I keep getting hung up on. You know, like I was telling you a, a few minutes ago, I, I get hung up on, well, what year are we in? And, and it, it probably doesn't matter. It, it just seems as if Adam and his God particle are in what's left of the power plant. And yes. and Eva's, uh, you know, little lair is somewhere else. It almost looks like it's carved out of stone. Well, somewhere. we we
1: assume it's it's in the same place in her world that Adam's office was in in the Prime world, which was underneath of the cave, right? Okay, because they had which, like which that also- whole like thing carved out. Because they take a. An elevator down when they show
0: Jonas, right? Which also begs the question: Adam's office is below the church, right? Right, and yeah. the ch- I think we learned the church was built right. on the land. So where is Eva's marble floor lair? I mean, again, it doesn't matter. It's I kind okay. of the Assume I, same place, just okay.
1: other other world. You know okay. but also um, you know Adams is in 1920 and I'm almost 100% sure that Eva's is in 2020 okay because like we talked about before how you know Marta is taken there without time travel that we can see
0: okay and some of the equipment looks You know, I I think like it would support that theory as well. Now, traveling Martha kind of falls prey to Adam's plan to bring on the apocalypse, And, and I mean, we see she's got that long scar on her cheek. Listens as her older self reassures her that Jonas had to die. You know, I mean, again, we talked about is all of this with Adam just a response to. Not being able to be with Martha. I mean, is that just oversimplifying this whole situation? Mm, I, you
1: know, that, no, that no, you you that's definitely part of it. There's no question when he is making her suffer. Well, first of all, you can't yeah. really read that guy's face at all because he he just he looks the same right. whether he was. ecstatically happy or or tremendously sad you'd see the exact same expression on that dude's face but 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 you can't you can't definitely you definitely cannot look past that aspect of their relationship and thinking that yeah i mean that part of it is this this is what has motivated and driven him throughout his his entire life and well and, and then a I, I guess this Adam is is the the Jonas that ran down the basement, right? Yeah, so has to be. So 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 yeah. He, he this this yeah. I don't know. It's just so it's so weird. It seems so cold and callous and heartless as he because she is really like freaking suffering in in that thing, and he's just. Watch, you know, he's like, and again, does it mean he doesn't care? I I don't know. I, but the one thing I will say, though, is that it seems like at least this is something that someone is doing to try and change what is happening, right? He's trying to stop the origin, which apparently was unsuccessful since the origin we see goes and, you know, caused the power plant to blow up but but it seems like this is the one case where he's not just trying to redo what was done before unless this is what he's always done before which we don't really know but this seems like something new like i'm trying to as he says i'm trying to end both worlds
0: here's how i'm going to do it and 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 then they're in the marble floor office of eva but everything's covered with tarps and dust the bottoms of the adam and eva Oh, is that what it is? I think okay. it's sad, oh, yeah. okay. And, and the bottom of the paintings are burned or charred, right? But was that a result of the apocalypse, or was that what we saw the the unknown trio go in there and, and burn them at one point a few episodes back? Right? They burned Adam's office. Oh, they burned Adam's office. Yeah. Okay,
1: but it it does call that to mind, right? It does okay. certainly. Makes us look back to the, the the destruction of Adam's office and is you know did something similar happen here? Now I mean clearly, when they're there, it's it's after the apocalypse, and we saw that in the alt world, the apocalypse is a completely devastating thing. where There's no humanity around anywhere. Everything is just sand and wasteland. Hello, Percy Bysshe Shelley, Ozzy Bandias, sound check, um, Mad Max. <laughs> right yeah exactly road warrior yep yep but uh but yeah but then it does look like the something else has happened to the paintings that was not necessarily just the the process of time destructing destroying it
0: okay now the other thing that was cool is is when traveling martha is trying to kick her way out of the cage and, and then adam comes in and you know they have that little conversation about the lies that she challenges him for telling. And, and of course we're standing back as the viewer, just as confused as she is, but yeah. he, he's got the alternate alternate world time travel device and recounts how old 10 house truly believed he was creating a paradise. And of course he's talking about the paradise uh, the uh, 10 house from 1820, the, the, the father who apparently started Sigmundus, right. and you know, passed it on, and uh, you know, the old townhouse we saw in 1888 with with Adam and the crew, but uh, that whole idea of being free of destiny, free of our pain, tells her that he understands the apocalypses must take place in both worlds, and and this whole image of him trying to convince her. That what he's doing is right. Why, why does he feel the need to convince her? Just, I'm going to blow it up. So get on board or don't. Either way, yeah. it's going to blow up.
1: Yeah, well, either way, you're going to end up in the God particle. So you know, it doesn't really matter.
0: Right. Now, the other explanation that we get, and, and as I was saying at the beginning of the discussion, that uh, – I don't want to say I was bothered by it. I understand why they're doing it. That whole explanation about the switch point and the junction in the loop of time. Okay. The moment that allows things to run in one direction or the other. And then, you know, we see that split screen Jonas react to his Martha's death. Then, of course, the scene without Martha. And it's like, okay, on the one hand, it's an aha moment for the viewer and this is certainly one of those deals where i I didn't catch it the first time i watched it i mean i I certainly didn't catch the full impact of what was being shown to us and and told to us yeah um, the same line two overlapping realities oh okay we get it i mean again i don't want to get hung up on well how did that Prime timeline split in the first place. You know h- how did we get the timeline where she comes and saves him, and the timeline where he hides in but, the base? But
1: yeah, but it splits and it doesn't split, right? Because oh, yes. because Jonas is you know the, the I, and actually here's a couple crazy things it brings up because remember this whole time when Jonas we'll call him the Stranger just for when the stranger was saying Jonas I remember this conversation because it happened to me well yeah that's true but that's not you right that the, the 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 younger Jonas is the guy who's gonna get killed in all world and you're the one who, who survives so you're not
0: the same dude at all and while you share this experience you're, you're two different people right and and her explanation that one triggers the other okay I I guess I'm not Einstein or Stephen Hawking but I'll <laughs> I'll go with you on that one. So um then future girl releases her takes her to Adam but but first tells her to undress and and okay um just get out of that 19th century garb and into something more appropriate but then we get that scene where Adam's got Martha restrained in front of the god particle and oh my gosh what a Difficult scene to watch. I mean, yes. we've we've talked about the the difficult scenes we've had to watch, and and certainly this has been a lot. There's been a lot, and and this is not maybe as emotional as the scene where that scavenger nearly rapes young Elizabeth, which was just right. horrific. But yeah. this is still pretty bad. I mean, she's wearing just a white nightgown, which which certainly. Leads to the helpless feeling she feels, in addition to being bound to this chair, right. listening to this madman go on about what the next step in humanity is going to be.
1: Yeah. Or, or, or no, no step in humanity as it seems like he's just trying to destroy
0: both both the worlds. Right. And then he tells her that we've got to make sure what's growing inside you has to die. okay yeah that's comforting your son will die and all of us will die dude i had no idea you were such an optimist yeah
1: (laughs) right well i mean we really see this this nihilistic you know aspect of, of adam here is that he's just like all right we're just gonna blow it all up that that's the solution you know destroy everything kill everybody
0: Well, well, yeah. And then when he tells her, you and I are wrong in your world and in mine. And of course, this is right after he rips off the St. Christopher medal. It's just adding insult to injury, which just reinforces for me that on some levels, maybe most levels, this is about a guy that didn't get the girl. And I'm thinking, but she wants you. I I don't. What's the problem here? Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of what's the problem here, right?
1: Um, you know, on, on both sides. And this is kind of like what we're talking about, how both these sides, like the, you know, Eva's team and Adam's team are seem to be working in opposition to one another. But yet they, you know, like both of them have like their, their crew lined up of people to go back and make sure that everything happens. Now, Adam says... I'm making sure everything happens as it did before just so I get you here now so now I can make the big move and kill the origin because this time, third time's a charm, this time I know what the origin is and this time it's going to work, you know? It's like, yeah, dude, it, it totally hasn't worked ever what makes you think it's going to work now. And if it does work, both worlds die? Really? Is that what we're going for here? Like, you're just going to... I mean, it, it, again, there, there seems to be, I've used the word endgame, and I don't know if I would have used it as much before the Avengers movie came out or not. But it's still a question of what is the endgame for for Eva and for Adam. Adam and Eve created, you know, I, all right, let's I'm not saying I believe this story, but I'm just saying that the story of Adam and Eve is a story of creation, not destruction. And both
0: Eva and Adam are seemingly hell-bent on destruction. No, absolutely. And and I think that's what makes this whole plan, whether you're looking at Adam's plan or Eva's plan, so difficult to understand and to buy into. Again, like we said, what the hell are you two doing? What is this all about? And is it, in the end... Blow everything up and start new. I mean, that certainly appears where we're headed. That that we're going to blow up both worlds. Yeah, and I, I mean, honestly, at this point,
1: if I were Marta, I would just be like, "Screw it! Give me the orb. I'm going back to Woodstock." Yeah. I, you know, well, well, you know, I just don't care anymore. You know, like well, both of you are are mental. Everything seems to be screwed up no matter what I do. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to go to Woodstock. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go watch, you know, like, I don't know,
0: something else (laughs) cool in history, you know, I'm like, I'm done with it. Well, the thing that I like, and and it doesn't happen right next to each other in the episode, but in in this storyline, then we follow all this with the scene of Magnus and Francesca sitting by the lake. And they talk about what Martha's been saying about the apocalypse coming. And, well, if it happens, at least we'll be together. That's such a great scene.
2: It is such a great scene. And
0: and knowing what this couple's future is going to look like, at least for the prime version. Well, this particular couple has no future. Well... We'll no, see.
1: they I mean, don't know. Well, they do We see the. We we know what ha- everyone dies. In, I, well, in the apocalypse on, on the alt world, that's, that's just like
0: because well, this, the, the, just because the nuclear explosion comes in and and comes right at them, and then just <laughs> that's, they might uh, one piece of
1: evidence. Yes. What if they,
0: what if they dove in the lake?
1: <laughs> ah, or maybe there's a, a you know this is basement is nearby. They can,
0: <laughs> okay, but I know what you're saying. So uh, yeah, now. The other story, like the search for Mads killer, you know, I think like we said last week, where are we going with this? It's almost like, yeah, it's just kind of filler to a certain extent. I mean, you know, Charlotte goes to Ulrich's, what are you doing here? And I love the fact that Hannah doesn't wait around. It's like, he's mine. Stay away, right. whatever. And, and, and of course, Charlotte, yeah, I already stole him.
1: Stop trying to steal him again yeah.
0: um and, and then she's showing him the two pennies and you know the markings and making that leap it's almost as if the penny traveled through time uh, that's quite a leap you know i mean <sighs> you don't have anything else that would lead you to take that leap I, I mean you're not martha you know martha's been shown the future right well and that's what she said that i'm like is has this
1: Charlotte? Has this Charlotta experienced anything that would lead her to say that? And I can't really think of anything that she's experienced that would lead, yeah, lead her to say, "Oh, well, you know, time travel's a thing."
0: And and then Ulrich at the medical examiner's office and and looking at Mad's body and you know what he wants to say to her and insist to her and, and he kind of beats around the bush. That he thinks it is really Mad's body, but how could it be? Well, but it's it's
1: the same scene in from season one, though. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. know, I mean, I think that's that's the thing is that we see Ulrich kind of he came at it differently, but he is eventually following and doing the same things that Ulrich did in Prime World in season one.
0: Right now, when Helga tells Ulrich. I must stop him. You. Are we to then extrapolate that he means stop him from beating his (laughs) ten-year-old self (laughs) senseless and putting his eye out, or or is it something else? uh, I
1: I assume that that's what he means. But (laughs) yeah, before when Helge said that, he meant you know I need to stop myself. I need to stop younger me. But now he seems like I need to stop him, and he means I need to stop you, Alrich. But, but again, with with, uh, I mean, Mickle is not missing, right? And he's trying to figure out what happened to Mads now. His, so his brother, rather than than, than Mickle, so I mean, I don't even know what necessarily what, what that that leads up to or what that uh, adds up to or, or anything. It's just a, it's a different thing. So emotionally, he's in a different place, right? Because we know with with Mickle, he was just completely blind to the consequence of what he was doing. He just went full bore forward, follow. But he kind of does this here as well, trying to uncover what what
0: happened to Mads. right? And he tells Charlotte to run the DNA. I know it sounds crazy, but I think it's like the penny. But, but again, where is it all headed? What is it really going to matter in the Adam versus Eva? Exactly. Coming exactly. show. Right. It's so, tough to
1: see because we look at what happened with Mickle and the Mickle story. I mean, while in season one, that seemed like a, it, well, not seemed like it was a huge deal. It seems to have less and less significance. The more we start feeling that no matter what Jonas does, things are going to happen the same anyway. So the, this this tragedy of Michael's disappearance, and uh, you know, we both thought was the like kind of like well, my my linchpins are, are are slowly falling away. Peter was one. Um, Mikkel the other. And it just, they, that seems like that has so little relevance in the larger picture because the larger picture continues no matter what happens with the petty humans dancing around beneath it.
0: Yeah, you know, it's almost as if the writers didn't want to be accused of leaving a plot thread unaddressed. True. So we'll, we'll deal with it, and then it is what it is. The One thing but- I do have to say is— why is he just now
1: running the DNA on the unidentified dead body they found?
0: Right. I mean, this is 2020, not nineteen eighty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So you think that would
1: probably be maybe the first thing that you did? I would think. Oh, we have an un- unidentified body. Should I run the DNA? We'll work it out. We'll figure out who it is. We don't need that stupid DNA test.
0: Well, we see Jonas and Claudia hookup and, uh, and and we know this is post-apocalyptic wind and prime and and we see her and she's in the yellow suit and we assume it's a version of the god particle but it's like a, a white kind of sphere hovering in the air And she's about to touch it and then of course Jonah uh, Jonas comes up and, and says don't touch it dude you're alive yeah exactly right like wait wait, hold on (laughs) so you know they have that conversation she shows uh you know him i guess it's the 2052 power plant lab that he's been working in but again i'm not gonna get hung up but she takes him back to the bunker right where she's got her little office set up and and we know that she's the one that ultimately starts the the wall of photos and all of that. But his, his mindset is he wants to get back, save Mikkel and Martha, but wants to know how she found him. And of of course she reveals that she's got one of the uh, devices though. It doesn't work because it, I guess needs cesium or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, I know where there might be some cesium, Mm -hmm. you know, implies that maybe this is how things have to happen. If changes are to take place. And, you know, it's just, there. there's just so many directions this thing can go, but she claims she knows what the substance at the plant is. And, and again, we know that from a prior season when she's reading that one report and she gives the guy the little vial to go have it tested. And I think at the time we were saying, do you really trust that guy? I mean, isn't this going to be kind of important, but I don't know, yeah. but, uh, then, then we've got the section where I, I'm just calling into my notes, bring on the apocalypse. And, and uh, I, again, I love the new Alexander in this alternate world. Uh-huh. And He's a very open and
1: sharing guy.
0: Yeah, well, you know, but admitting that his real name is Boris Neewald, who, you know, again, we assume that all along, but that he admits it to his son yeah. because he knows he's about to – change their lives irrevocably when he shows charlotte what the deal at the power plant is and and likely he's going to end up going to prison i mean he doesn't think he's about to right start the end of the world but (laughs) uh, you know the end of the family world and and uh claims that it was an accident you know that killing 33 years ago and i saw somewhere on the internet and i didn't spend a lot of time looking at it but somebody had partially translated the newspaper article and that apparently there was some sort of a jewelry store robbery Uh and and somebody got shot and well clausen's brother got shot oh okay there you go and and uh You know, okay, it was an accident. Well, we're robbing it, but we didn't and we had guns, but we didn't mean to shoot anybody. Well,
1: uh the law doesn't quite see call that an accident, my friend. So that's why he is now Alexander, now Boris, but also notable by his absence actually in this scene, like, oh wait. There's no Clausen in the alt world. Or at least he's not sweating Alexander. Right?
0: Right. Yeah. So So
1: that whole well, again, he he was a Bartosh, right? He was he was in there to be the person who says, open up the barrel at the end, which causes the apocalypse.
0: All right. And again, on the one hand, I felt like Bartosh's reaction to his father pouring out his heart to his son was maybe a little harsh because- I mean, What do you, you say know, to was, that, though? You know, well, I to- know, I know. <laughs> i know ah thanks for telling me dad hey um, thanks for sharing awkward yeah but uh you know so then we see eva's domain that that looks like a huge cave and, and you say that was her the, the what's left over of her office with, with you know but it's the it's the god particle that's got those three big reflectors that we've talked about from time to time we initially saw them in the trailer well,
1: i'm not- Right. Oh, I, I I get that looks. It's in the caves.
0: In I guess twenty Or the power plant yeah. would have been. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay. And then we get the scene where the old and young unknown walk in and and you know they um, still as creepy as ever. Yeah. They pull their levers and and but though we did
1: but- definitely get the confirmation of the right left aspect of this because um the, the one the 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 number 2 guy stays and the young guy and the old guy go and when they they show them
0: oh explain this one to me cuz i'm i'm confused so, uh, all, right, so, uh,
1: all right so I, i'm i'm I'm, tr- I'm not sure who stays i i guess
0: uh, the, the the middle, middle guy,
1: guy stays i guess in all
0: World? Well, he's got it. He's got one of those orb devices that that he can travel through time and across right, worlds. Right, but he doesn't so, use
1: it because he stays in the one world, and the other two go to the other world. Right. Yeah. So the 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 the, the middle aged guy, the cleft lip is on the right. I'm sorry, is on the left for him, and then for the the old guy and the young kid, the the cleft is on the the scar is on the the right side of their face. So it's confirmation that. We don't have three other guys running around. It's just when they travel to the other world, they become mirror images, even of themselves. Okay. But then that led to like a really, really cool montage as they, with that split screen, which is like probably one of the cleverest uses of, of split screen I think I've ever seen. Um, I really like the one where they open the door. And they all walk into the doors and they look like they're literally walking into each other, but they're just walking into a door in different worlds and different sides of the split screen.
0: Of course, they flip the two levers and then we get the the scene at the lake and, and Magnus and Francesca see the god part of it. G- get bigger and the apocalypse occurs and i won't refer to it as a dome because i know you
1: just said you just just went and said the 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 word oh
0: oh sorry come on man okay sorry um and then later we we get the scene with alt elizabeth meeting older noah walking down the road and I, i i loved his outfit i'm not sure i mean it had kind of a 19th century western feel to it but I'm not sure because before all we've ever seen him in is his clerical right, collar, right? And, right. Yeah, and not sure exactly what that was all about, but and, and maybe we'll get an answer in the last <laughs> again.
1: In, it, so far, in the larger picture, it seems like something that seemed really important before and yeah. has almost zero significance now.
0: Yeah, and takes Elizabeth to the bunker, leaves her with younger Noah, and if you had told me. Back in season one, or even season two, that eleven or twelve-year-old Elizabeth is going to be left with young Noah, I'd have been relatively horrified. But now, knowing what we know, I, there, there's a certain comfort in sure in, in that. So I, 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 you really like that.
1: I guess Peter is going to die in this world now. He's not going to even get a chance to uh, ride out the apocalypse. He's just going to right. He's just gonna now, snuff it right away,
0: all right. And as we said at the beginning of the discussion, we get to finally see adult Bartosh and get that verification. And I guess Bartosh doesn't need the verification of seeing his adult self because he just watched older Magnus, Francesca, and Martha right. pull out this little brass orb and disappear. So, blue powder, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is. We see adult Jonas in 1888 putting, I guess, are the finishing touches on his machine now that he has some cesium. So you wonder how long he stays in 1888. And, and we don't really see anybody else, but we assume the others are still there because
1: how come? Where, where are they going? Right, exactly. Oh, they got it.
0: Right. But, uh, you know, I, I guess then the scene with, with Egon looking into the. Yeah, cave what's up with that? Well, I, I guess that's just to, to lead up to him going to Hannah, who's apparently having a miscarriage. Right. So the only other thing that I wanted to bring up, and then, you know, obviously any, anything else you still got. Uh, and, and I think I just answered it as I was preparing to ask it. We see Ulrich going through the cave door, and he finds the red string, and, <clears throat> and you know, he's, I guess, following old Helge, and I'm thinking, well, well, wait a minute. I thought the cave was closed, but it's not closed in this world because there was no Jonas in this world. Correct. Okay. All right. So, all right. That's all I got. What do you want to mention that we haven't talked about? Um.
1: So, so, so Helge all Helge says, um, she said, "I must do it," and then or says, "Do what?" And then says, "Send him to the future to fill the gaps." And so it's like, well, wait, what? Who who's the she, right?
0: Well, well, we assume old Claudia, right?
1: Yeah, or and s- and- Marta, Eva, whatever.
0: You know? Yeah, I guess. Um, because we ha- and we assume he's talking about sending Mad's body from eighteen 18- uh, from nineteen eighty six to twenty twenty. Yeah, or eighty seven to twenty twenty. But uh, yeah. okay.
1: So I, I mean that's that, that's the only thing. I think I had my notes that we we didn't really cover okay. alexander telling obendorf to uh to do some with the barrels and everything so we see them around.
0: well you know it's funny because i i've been listening to the english audio i i, I know the german is probably so much better but I, i'm just you know but it's funny because on the english audio he calls him ubendorf in this episode oh did he yeah and I'm a, i'm just assuming that the Voice actor just made a mistake and either nobody caught it or they just asked. I didn't catch that, it. yeah.
1: No, because so, so the first yeah. time I watch it, I watch it in German. And then the second time when I take notes, uh, I watch it in English. So it's easier for me to take notes. So, all
0: right. Well, why don't we get to the listener feedback section of the podcast? And we heard from Fernanda. And I thought that name sounded familiar. And, and she had checked in with us. When we were doing Dark previously, and there were some issues that that there were some past episodes of other podcasts that that she was having trouble downloading from the website. So Fernanda, if, if again, just let me know if there's any issues, and I can do what I did before, which was uh, upload them to the Google Drive for Sci Fi TV rewatch. But she says, I just listened to the episode 363, Dark for season three, episode four, The Origin where you mentioned that fred noticed the cleft lip trio scars on different sides depending on where they are jonas's world or martha's and i just thought of something i've watched all episodes so i wouldn't run into spoilers and i agree with fred that netflix should have never done this to us but anyway don't worry because my comment on the issue doesn't have any spoilers i went back to see episodes one and three whether traveling martha's horizontal face cut scar also bounces from one side to the other and it does because her world and Jonas's world are mirrored everything is mirrored the houses the armchair at the entrance to the caves the shape of the cave everything so why not people in Martha's case when she's in Jonas's world it's on her left cheek and when she's in her world it's on her right keep up the good work I wish I'd been as resilient as you guys cheers Fernanda yeah I mean that the whole mirror deal has just been super cool, yeah. From the start,
1: I, I, the, I totally didn't pick up on it until I, like Fred brought it up, and now it's like I can't not see it.
0: Yeah, and it's just such a, it's just such a cool technique that is so subtle yet so powerful. Once you realize it there, and then once you real, realize it's there, you just, you know, it's part of the deal. So, all right, who
1: else we got? So we got johnny from ohio here and he says hello dave and wayne want to say awesome work on the dark podcast especially with the quicker turnaround time on each episode thank you and you're welcome i'm emailing in to talk about the songs the showrunners find to play over montages i have no clue how they found some of these gems a lot of times it feels like the songs were written for the show even though they were not i have to totally agree with that that is absolutely yeah i Uh, what's your favorite song montage so far in Season 3? Since I'm a newer listener, what was your favorite song montage so far in the series, or one that sticks out to you the most? Another thing to go off the Labyrinth song you talked about in Season 3, Episode 4, I noticed this is the same artist who sang Twisted Olive Branch back in Season 1, which played over the montage for the episode where Jonas ends up convincing his dad to commit suicide. Interesting choice to use the same artist in both these critical spots in Jonas's life. I made a playlist on YouTube Music with most of the songs from season one, two, and three. If you're looking for them, might be some mistakes in there as I couldn't find an official list to work off. And he has a link there that we'll put up on the Facebook page.
0: Yes, absolutely. And
1: there are songs from the final four episodes all after the Labyrinth song, but I don't really think they spoil anything out of context from the show.
0: And thanks, Johnny from Ohio. Johnny? Yeah. And you know, I, I, I love the Labyrinth song. And, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a, Theory out there called primacy recency that you tend to remember the first things you hear and the last things you hear, and kind of the middle gets fuzzy, so the labyrinth song still just sends chills yeah up and down my my legs when I think about it in its totality, but got to be honest i I feel like now i 've got to go back and and watch those prior montages, so yeah yeah, yeah. when i when I listen to the songs that, that he 's gotten the link maybe some of it will come back
1: right and the, i mean the the elaborate the song without doubt stands out uh big time the um if 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 i were you i'd run away from last episode that that's a big one and honestly even though like i don't know if it matched up that well with what's going on but the block party song that they use in the trailer that they was in this episode Man, that was that was crucial as well. And plus I absolutely love Block Party. So um, so I actually if you just have to say my favorite, I, I gotta go with Block Party. They're amazing. They're like the, the, one of the best groups ever. So yeah.
0: All right, cool. All right, and we heard from Annika who says, Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Annika from New York with some feedback for Dark. Just wanted to throw out something I was thinking about in regards to Jonas's yellow coat after your last discussion about its symbolism. After seeing Jonas wear the big yellow hazmat suit in the second season, I saw the original yellow coat as a hint to his destiny regarding his connection to nuclear power. Oh, dude, you're going to love this part. <laughs> I know in Star Wars, people yes. can be force sensitive, and it seems like in dark from the onset, Jonas is a little time sensitive. Dude, I'm getting like chills. This is so cool. huh In the very first episode, when he's biking to school, he stops his bike and stares at the power plant for a moment. Uh Obviously, part of this is just to point out its existence to us as viewers, but it also seems like Jonas has some sort of inexplicable draw to it. The plant would have been in Wyndon since Jonas was born, but it still seems to catch his eye whenever he's near it. To me, the yellow coat acts as a precursor to his destiny of the yellow hazmat suit for his involvement in time travel, you know, that's yeah. pretty.
1: Sure. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a great, that's a great pickup there.
0: Yeah. Because we see him in the yellow hazmat suit so many times in the, the later seasons and. Well,
1: yeah. Well, in season one and two, we haven't. Well, yeah, we did. Actually, we just saw in this past episode, right? Too.
0: Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah. So uh and not to mention it's a nice break from the many, many dark coats we see on screen. That is that uh, is gre- true. Greets all the best, Annika from New York. <laughs> so uh thank Anika, you guys. I would just say Annika,
1: you know I, I don't know what I guess you probably if you just say New York, probably New York City. But also if you're from Western New York next time, put that in there and so we can get a little shout out to uh to Buffalo and Western New York then which is
0: actually really still part of New York.
1: Yeah, uh, it it is. It absolutely is. All right,
0: well, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week in his audio feedback, and we'll be right back.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Dark Season 3, Episode 6. And this time, I won't refer back to the pedigree on the floor of old Marta, Eva, so that Dave and Wayne don't have to give a spoiler alert. Although you must have seen it by now because Jonas even dies on it. So you can see it for quite some time. And my feedback will be a little shorter and less detailed than usual because I don't have so much time for this audio feedback because this week I have to prepare a lecture for medical students and normally I give lectures for 250-300 students or in smaller groups of 25 students, interactive working groups, and I have to transfer my lessons to a online interactive lecture with mentimeter questions and in a zoom session with breakout rooms etc etc and all this costs a lot of time to construct and for people who don't know what the breakout room is you have then a zoom session with 25 students and you divide the group in subgroups and give them a task and then they come back to the central group again after 10 minutes or so And Mentimeter is actually asking questions via your mobile phone. So you can ask multiple choice questions or other questions. And then the results will come at your PowerPoint presentation. So you have to do that all to keep them active during such an online lesson. Okay, about episode six. Last podcast In my audio feedback, I said I had the impression that the old universe is more the prime universe than the prime universe, because they are directing everything, controlling everything, knowing what happens in the other universe, and you actually see that in this episode. Eva says to Marta, every step Jonas takes is guided by us. I found it for the first time a little overconstructed that Jonas is still alive, the younger Jonas, because at the moment the apocalypse happened in twenty twenty in the prime universe there were two possibilities the one is that he was saved by Alt Marta and taken to the Alt Universe, but he could also run into the cellar and take another path. That is actually for the first time I found it a little easy writing in dark. And of course I understand they wanna keep Jonas in the in the series or the actor Louis Hoffman. Of course we are satisfied that we finally found out that the guy we suspected to be older Bartoys really is Older Bartoys. One thing I was very puzzled about is that stranger Martha went to 1888 to the old Tannhaus factory and put the letter from Marta to Jonas there and it's very dark but if you take a screenshot and make it a little lighter then you see she puts the letter there just next to the plate where the burnt letter is Jonas just burnt in the beginning of the episode. Or didn't I see that right or misunderstood that? What I liked at the end is all its mirrored actions of the cleft lip trio. But I mean from a visual standpoint of you, of course. Because I don't like these guys. And in a previous podcast we were seeing, or actually in the trailer, we were seeing these two hands pulling down this handle. And I said, these hands are similar, just older and younger. And Wayne was making a remark, they are just hands. But now we know that they are from the old cleft lip guy and the middle-aged cleft lip guy. And we know that these actors are in real life father and son. So it's not so crazy that their hands are a kind of similar, said the geneticist. We see here that Hannah in the alt universe probably will not get a viable child so far in the pregnancy and then getting a stillbirth or something like that. Very dramatic. But where the prime Hannah went when she left with the Samsonite in 1953 54, we still don't know. Okay that was all for now guys. I have to go on constructing my interactive online lecture about oncogenetics. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Well, first of all, Fred, uh, I'm sorry to hear about the added workload.
0: I guess that's just unfortunately a sign of the times, and and while you may not have to uh, create a situation to the degree that Fred describes for your teaching come fall, uh, you know, your Uh, life's going to change. Yeah. yeah,
1: Well, yeah, we, we, we just got the the message today that we are schools going to be online for first marking period. So from September to January, we're going to be completely online, which is crazy. I mean, it's not, I, I, I get it, you know, and I actually appreciate it, but
0: man, just, Now, he points out, and again, I mentioned it earlier in the discussion, but it was really because Fred brought it to our attention, Uh, what's up with adult Martha going to 1888 and leaving the letter and the watch in the dish where Jonas already burned it and and whether or not the ashes from when he burned it are still in there uh, that is is very cool as well why does he leave the watch or, or i'm sorry why does she leave the watch though the watch we always associate with elizabeth yeah. and charlotte so i don't know yeah i mean is it the same is it the same watch? I don't know. Let's stop. we don't go there.
1: I mean, we, the, the, the watch gets passed down. Um, and we know Noah has the watch. So this might be how Noah gets the watch.
0: Well, okay. I guess that that makes sense. So, um, Fred definitely called it on the hands on those two red levers that we first, uh, talked about from the trailer. And then he, he brings up Hannah and it certainly appears that she's having a miscarriage and, and I'm not a medical doctor for sure. So whether she does give birth to a live and healthy baby, or whether she does, you know, have a miscarriage and lose. Or her baby. whether
1: they both die in the apocalypse that's happening well, as we speak. Okay. That is so. create a desert wasteland with no buildings or human life anywhere to be seen.
0: All right, so you're going with that. Maybe. That's
1: what I'm going with.
0: For sure. Okay. okay. All right. Um anything else about any of the feedback you want to bring up?
1: Um I don't think so, except I, I again, like not having gone back and 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 you know, fr- froze freeze frame the 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 scene with the the letter. I I just personally feel like he got the letter and as she puts it down the the plate and everything is there that we see in that first scene. He reads the letter and he burns it because he's got an attitude. And so not that the the burn letters, that would be cool if that were the case, if the burn letters there, but honestly I I won't go back and and look probably. and then what?
0: She just messing with him? Hey, I'm going to burn that
1: letter. Right, right. Just keep going back in time and putting the letter there just to to F with his mind, right? Just Uh, drive him insane.
0: All right, what do you want to give for a grade this time? You know, I know. I'm
1: you I'm going A minus on this one just because of the sliding doors BS, which I really just didn't like. Um, Yeah, I thought that they were going to come up with a better explanation, and the fact that just seems so facile. Oh, here's why we have two. You know, here's why Jonas didn't remember you because. Time split, but yet he's still in the same world. I don't know. It's just, yeah, to me, it didn't work out that well. So,
0: yeah, and, and look, I get the pragmatic side that Yante, Friesia, Baron, Bo, O'Dar want to move on to other projects, and and I, I know they have other projects, you know, underway, and that perhaps Netflix told them you only get eight episodes. Your episodes can only be this long. Okay, I, I get all that but it just does feel like this episode was really rushed as we're heading into the final two of the series. So again, I mean, it's still a great episode. We're going to go with an A-, and we'll leave it at that. So, all right, well, we're going to stop at this point. That's going to do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. want to thank you guys for joining us love to hear what you think about dark anything else going on in genre tv the email is sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com encourage you to join the facebook group if you haven't already get into the discussions there and we'll be back next time to discuss season three episode seven of the german netflix series dark titled between the time but until then yeah I, i always
1: kind of look fondly back on you know when my children were young and like teaching them how to tie and untie their shoes and everything. I always found like the best way to motivate them is just get right in their face and as loud as you can yell, we have to make sacrifices, do unimaginable things to untie the knot at the end.